Hello. So I'm here today with a, a lovely lady called Joey, Joey Bull. And Joey has been four-time UK fitness champion. And she's a natural medicines practitioner now and wants to empower people to realize that the best is yet to come. So hello, Joey. And how do you feel today? Oh, hello, Gareth. Um, it's always a good question, that, isn't it? Because as Brits, we just tend to say, yes, fine. Well, today, we, we the day that we are speaking, it's light and bright. And uh, that makes such a big difference, certainly at this time of year with our short days. And I know that you come from the world of colour or light, or it's something that you experimented in and got interested in. And it's, it's something I work quite a lot with. So that's already a good start to the day. But I also teach lessons um, before it gets light. So I'm bouncing around in my studio uh, with people online actually this morning so that's already a nice thing being with people obviously first thing in the morning is a, is a collaboration isn't it and it's an uplift and it's a communication and it takes you out of your own like poor night's sleep ladies of my age often complain about bad night's sleep and um and I'm and I'm in that bracket right now so so that was a, that was a very good start to the day to have the light to have the communication with others to do exercise and um, and we often start like this, don't we? We start from the head into the body. We go, well, I must move. I must uh, um, I, I must do this. I must do that. And there's quite a routine that we need to get through before. Sometimes you kind of go, oh, that feels a bit better. <laughs> so it was um, it's one of those. But had I wanted to shortcut that, I'd have taken a different approach. And that's where, you know, we talk a lot about breath these days, don't we, that how breath can change the the mental state, how it takes us out from an anxious an anxious state to a calm state. I can talk about that more. Of um, there's some lovely evidence, and now with all the neuroscience that's available, there's so much that we've learned from that, and how effective it is. And it's not you don't have to go to yoga class for thirty minutes. You don't have to um, you know stand on the on the cliff top where we just bumped into each other the other day. Although those are wonderful things, but you can regain or um, sort of diminish your anxiety within a couple of breaths and with color which is how I met you of course with color so if I wanted to just to give a quick upgrade I've done a few breaths um the the sort of the proper way of breathing in for a short amount of time and then the, the, the longer exhalation so that you take your system into the parasympathetic the relaxation mode and there's all sorts of signals that go from the heart to the brain and from the brain to the heart and the diaphragm dropping down and the heart enlarging and therefore the heart rate going up because there's more blood flow. And there's, you know, all this happens within a breath. And we have so much management over our mental state with breath alone. And I know, I know dipping in the sea and all these wonderful things that we do is one, it is something that plenty of people get into but there are shortcuts if you haven't got time to put your cosy on and drive to the beach and 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 uh so that's a long way of saying i'm all right today (laughs) (laughs) oh that's lovely uh joey um so the class in the morning i understand you've got to get up to take that and that's out of your hands so that gets you going anyway but on the days you haven't got the class do you ever get complacent or and not do the things you're talking about or do you have you learned that you do something every single day to kickstart your day? Yeah, I I have to say um, I don't I I never get complacent about it because 
I feel it's such a long way to pull yourself up from, isn't it? If you know that these methods work, if you know how much a difference it can make to your perception, your day, your response to other people. For me, it's something I always, always um, do. You know, I might really enjoy the odd day off when all I do is have a little stroll um, and do nothing. And obviously that's nurturing in itself. But I, having been a dancer, I did, I did follow my my life um, sort of dream through as being a dancer the discipline is so harsh that actually it's a difficult difficult one to shake from your your routine in life there there was definitely that thinking in, in my time in training that there's no pain no gain and you just got to keep layering on the effort now we have a different way of thinking about it but but above all for me it's the it's moving the body and um and feeling the freedom of the agility, the mobility, the the simple things um, that feel good about having a, a body that's moving well that can go through full range of movement. And I know this isn't this is a privilege to have because we often have phases of injury, accident, post operation, um, or, or a disability of a sort. Um, so it, it it is my it's my thought it frees me that kind of that kind of movement and if I was to meditate it's always about leaping around like Jeremy Fisher like a frog on lily pads <laughs> legs going everywhere up high split out there lots of lots of rebound lots of elevation it's that it's that yeah that that's the kind of um that's what keeps me doing it and on the sleep front you mentioned that do you give it much heed or do you just I guess what I'm asking is if you think my god i haven't had much sleep it can often make it worse can't it or do you just ignore it and crack on um I, again <laughs> i tend to um i tend to ignore it and crack on because um it's more scary isn't it we we find out more and more how lack of lack of sleep is a real that's not just a problem for today or tomorrow that's a problem for um, later on in life and particularly tricky for sort of menopausal women who who, who might know this information and, and and their brains aren't getting the car wash that they need at night time so they wake up still a bit grubby and a bit and and you can take that on for a few years so um but what but I, what I do put in place is all the other things that keep that brain going in the way it needs to that in respect to um i try not to interrupt it too much with insulin spikes you know my my ways of eating so when you've had a bad night obviously you tend to want to go for the carbs don't you the carbs the coffee the ice bun whatever it is and that's where i really try to manage it a bit if i'm going to have that ice bun i will have the the fiber and the protein beforehand so that that does so that modifies that spike because the more spikes you've got going on the more anxiety you've got going on the more you're into a part of your nervous system that's firing and making you sweat and speeding you up a little bit that's quite a lot to recover from in the evening so then you're looking at a at a night of uh, less regeneration than you had the night before so the exercise the breathing and the eating properly um all are all part of that routine even if it means the next night's rubbish too but um <laughs> there, there you know there are certain hacks that most of us know these days that you don't you don't take into the afternoon so that you have a good night's sleep but you can get it all right and still have a poor night's sleep uh so that's why it's a good idea to under, really understand what because where would you be if you weren't exercising where would you be if you weren't breathing right where would you be if you weren't 
uh, or if you were having coffees in the afternoon or alcohol in the evening. And, and um, you know, these things don't just disrupt your sleep, but they disrupt processes that are so vital at sleep time. And, and it's more obvious, obvious now that when we're asleep, that's when the brain is most active. That's when it's doing most of its um, recycling. And, uh, and, and human growth hormone is something that is really important at our age, something that we, we had bags of, of course, in our 20s, and we have less and less of it now. But to have to sort of have the body produce more of that, we need to make a window for it to produce more. And of course, we do that with high intensity exercise. We do that with a bit of fasting or and, and, and not eating rubbish before bedtime so it doesn't interrupt with the release of it at that time of night. And, and just in case, if anyone doesn't know what human growth hormone was, it brings you precision, it brings you alertness, it brings you like a zest for life. You know, it's, it, 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 it's a natural supercharged thing that we can make more of given, given the right procedures and a little bit of knowledge. If that's naturally depleting, I presume, as we get older, can we slow that down in any way? Can we enhance it in any way? Oh yes, exactly. So what we'd want to do, we'd want to boost more of it, and 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 the way that we would actively do that would be um, exercising more, and and then also throwing little bursts of exercise into that. So moderate exercise is a great thing, but actually, if you want if you want more boost, but if you think of things like that, if we want to turn up our turbo, um, we do need to add quite explosive moves, uh, moves into our exercise moments, which is, and they don't have to, you don't have to put your track shoes on and your studs and, and, and your mini shorts. You can be walking on a country walk, you see a little bit of a hill and you blast up that hill, fast walking or running or whatever it is. And a few of those, you don't need to do loads because we're not, not always looking for a, a personal best or to win a race, but we are looking to release more endorphins and and create more natural um, chemicals that are available to us. And so that would that would be a, a way of doing it, using it in exercise. Also, as I um, just said, that if you have go to bed at a sensible time and stop eating a little quite a few hours before you go to bed, because certainly eating sugar before going to bed that interrupts the release of human growth hormone um but there you know there's so many things that are released with exercise and that's why that's why so many of us do it and that's why i do it with other people so when i thought i wanted to go into dancing yes i wanted to go into dancing because that's something that in, enhanced my mood but i mean i don't think people's mood would be enhanced by watching me dance if they'd slapped down 50 quid for a type for a ticket <laughs> so it's a very different you know experience for my own thing although I did go into dancing but I as much as I love dancing I don't really like waiting backstage in the wings and feeling desperately nervous and worried that it's all going to go wrong or the, and the light's too dazzling and the stage is bumpy but but the upgrade was always what I was going for the the mood enhancer always the mood enhancer and and then the lovely thing about, um, again, you know, we discover more and more. We always knew that exercise was good. We always knew that yoga was good. We always knew that these things were good. But now we've actually got scanned evidence of what it does to the brain and how that stimulates the brain and how having so much of the brain firing and active at, it, at its different times, how, how invigorating that is for, for life 
and and vitality. But another lovely thing that happens, um, spoken more and more about now, immediately after exercise, and especially that sort of high intensity exercise that I was talking about, that you can just do little bursts on your bike, little charging up the stairs, little moments of that release more what's known as B. BDNF, which is the brain-derived neurofactor, uh, neurotrophic factor, which is cell, it's it's new cell growth. I mean, who doesn't want more, you know, better improved nerve cell growth? Who who doesn't? When we think of all the degeneration diseases that that we hear of more and more, and we're and we're witnessing, you know, who doesn't want more chance of renewed and um, cell nerve growth? That, I mean, my hand's right up for that one. And that comes out straight away after you've exercised. Some of these other things are you get a little boost of endorphins and life gets better. And if you're lucky, after a week or two of really pulling it out of the bag, you might lose a centimeter around your waist. I mean, we all know it can be a bit tedious and a bit slow when we're trying to shape weight. But if you think of those things of what actually what it's doing internally to the physiology beyond the waistline, beyond the um, muscle density, beyond those things which are very slow measures, there's massive and instant improvements there. And then if you think of what's known as the runner's high um, after exercise, we're all familiar with that uplifting feeling, that moment when actually that's the moment to sow, not to sow your seeds, that's the wrong expression, isn't it? But to sow your wishes, to sort of uh, uh, to load the life enhancing thoughts or desires on top of on top of already a good stack of endorphins that's um yeah so it's always about upgrade for me it's great listening to you joey because it gives me um not just hope but um you know i'm determined now at 51 to start taking all this seriously and to get healthier and better and what i'm finding is that there are certain really easy wins (laughs) like drinking less um what would you say is the sort of um, pecking order of easy wins for somebody like me then that that is coming to this late? Well, firstly, I would actually really take my hat off to you with the drinking less thing, because I don't think that's such an easy win for everyone. You know, we've all got our hidey holes and our um, on our comfort blankets of just what makes the day feel a little bit better. Whether, you know, whether that's that's chocolate, a cigarette, gambling alcohol whatever it might be so and and dropping these things um requires immense discipline to do so and relying on discipline is is a tough one and actually i might i must actually come back to that with the with the exercise thing and how we can enlarge a part of our brain that helps with our willful side our determination so i'll come back to that because that that actually does help with dropping our habits of course um but the, I think the I think the um, the the basic ones are get up, get out into the light within thirty minutes of of rising, and we don't get much light where we're speaking from here, <laughs> but but it's still better to get that than not, and even if it means lapping the house a couple of times or being outside. Um, and taking it in, but combining movement with light within that 30 minutes is a real big tick for a good start to the day. Uh, so if there was if there were three things to do, I would definitely select the getting outside and moving. And it doesn't have to be for ages, but it uh, even if you did two minutes, which is often all the time I've got, you know, before the day starts inside on screen, 
it's it's already an upgrade. Now, the reason for that is because the wavelengths of the light in the morning are very potent for the system for supporting cholesterol levels. And cholesterol is what we, um, when we release a lot of adrenaline and stress, you know, all, all our levels change. And cholesterol is what's known to be a precursor to, to um, cortisol, our stress hormone. So when our cortisol is depleted, our cholesterol is robbed too. So we need to boost that. I mean, it's vitamin D basically. And, and so we need as much as we can get certainly in this temperate climate and where we are on the latitudes on the globe. Um, and then the other thing would be water. You know, lots of people don't really drink enough. They think they do, but the brain needs, it's half a litre for every 15 kilos you weigh. So that's a lot. You know, I'm, I'm 50 kilos and I have to have two and a half litres of a, a, a day i think that calculation is right yeah it, and it's quite a lot to get down you that is just to get the brain optimizing in its uh, you know just to get it in its optimal state that's not even being clever that's not even uh you know that's just to get it sort of like warmed up and woken up and hydrated and with all those systems going i think you're standing on two legs then or, or on, on a good platform to lay other good habits on top of it then the next one would be creating so the next one would be creating a stability in the in the insulin spikes and the glucose spikes so if you get up in the morning have a dash around in the light have your water that's fantastic already but if you go inside and have a piece of toast you're taking your your glucose levels up you have a little bit of an insulin spike then you come down and before you know it, you're going to want more toast more coffee and then but you kind of haven't had much to eat today so that's okay then it comes to lunchtime and you have something sensible um, but then it's, you need another pick me up. It's trying to get rid of those pick me ups. If you see yourself on a graph of getting up in the morning, having the toast, then the coffee, then having a nothing, you know, you're going to have this sort of mountain range of peaks and valleys throughout the day. And if you can smooth those out into sort of little Priscelli hills of, of ups and downs, um, you're looking at uh, better insulin levels, which means you've not got cravings, you haven't got a change of mood so much, you're less vulnerable to wanting to pick up that cigarette, that bottle of booze, whatever whatever your little thing might be, you're, you're studying things out. And the way you do that would be you start that meal, any meal, any snack with um, a fiber, whether that's fruit or salad or, or um, what's the other one, vegetables. <laughs> what's the other bad word <laughs> and then you follow it up with a protein which is eggs or nuts or or a piece of turkey or whatever it might be so then you're layering yourself well for when you do have that piece of toast you're not going to have that that rise that dolomite sort of summit in your on your graph of insulin i mean it's, it's better known now it's better known about so this isn't such a complex thing so that means that you don't you're not caught up in having to restrict and be disciplined and and go on a diet and um repress and take you know and take your treats away just put your treats in the right order for mm. starters that's yeah. that's my tip Gary. well that's brilliant advice and i <laughs> i'm glad i'm getting there on those things but um and i should say on the alcohol side of it that's an aspiration at the moment that i'm only just starting but um i'm determined actually but um i know you're off to the BBC tomorrow. So yeah. I haven't asked you why yet. So what is that for? Oh, oh um, well, I go to um, BBC Radio Wales um, every month or two to do a little health spot as a guest health and fitness um, 
oh, I think they call me an expert or something flattering like that. <laughs> and uh, so we have a nice hour long talk about um, how to, I think to, I think tomorrow we're talking about um, how to deal with the dark days in winter and how to invigorate yourself with exercise, how to go about recovering after operation injury when whereby the leg or the knee or the hip may be very strong and stable but actually the mental side isn't quite up to speed with the stability of the leg so it's bringing those two up to um you know up to the same level so yes i go i go and have a nice talk there with a very smooth presenter and and uh, part of the bbc team for 60 minutes <laughs> And do you prepare for that in advance a lot, or do you literally just you turn up and you have a well, conversation? That's, that's interesting you say that because um, I do prepare for it, and they and they give me things that they might want to talk about. But it seems like every time I've gone in, and we haven't followed that barely at all. So it has been it's been like freestyling it, and the amount of times that I've had bad traffic getting there, and it's been quite stressful. And I can hear them announcing on the radio, and and at two thirty we're going to have. <laughs> oh lovely joey bull that's going to be talking about this and that she's got such a lovely calm voice and i'm at a red light nowhere near the studios uh, and, and in a big sweat and the amount of times i've had to like charge through security um and and get in and get into the to the studio and sit behind the microphone and slow the voice down and not sound like i've got my knickers in the twist at all and remember what i'm talking about so actually it's one of those things isn't it when it's your interest when it's your passion you don't really need the notes to yeah. do it you can speak there might be things that you might want to put forward and people not to miss out on um but otherwise so it does end up but it's a waste of time i prepare but then at least i feel prepared even if it just ends up being a freestyle <laughs> oh, i'm sure i'm sure you're brilliant and how how often did you say that is joey um i tend to do it every couple of months actually it, it depends uh yeah maybe maybe every month or so it's not it's uh, it's regular but it's not you know, formulaic as such. But um, I wanted to come back to that, what I was saying about the discipline. If, it, if only a personal thing for your for yourself, um, we, we now know that the way that we can improve our willfulness and our determination and our motivation is by just putting ourselves up to the threshold of things that we don't particularly want to do. And I, I know that sounds like an obvious solution, but let's say you're going... Let's say for the simplicity, we're go, you know, we're going, we're walking around the supermarket and you think, I just want to do these two aisles here because I just hate aisle nine and ten. Um, that is an opportunity to go, I'm going to do aisle nine and ten, and I'm going to walk through all those boring bits and I'm going to get everything I need to get. Same as when you're exercising, you think, actually, I've done enough. I've done 10 bends and touches now. I really don't want to do any more. I better do four more. So it's it's a, when you feel that you're coming off the the ball of enthusiasm and interest. That's when you load it a bit more, and and that expands a part of your uh, brain. I don't know if you want the name and anterior medius cingular cortex, but and that that bit of the brain actually grows, and and so that's what we want more of to help us get through our little habits that we've collected over time and accumulated which, you know, does inhibit our mobility, our toxicity, our acidity, and therefore our aches and pains, hips. I'm not, you know, obviously we we have other problems, but um, there are other things that spoil our um, symmetry, but 
these little things are all stresses to the body. And if we could, if we could address them slowly, bit by bit, this time next year, we'd be feeling completely different. So it's always nice to know, isn't it, that there's there's more to go for and there's a little bit of you know there's hope and it doesn't require massive amounts of homework because you're not going to maintain that I mean that's the big thing isn't it this is having been in the industry as long as I have I've seen people come into exercise and go out and in and out and and um, there are certain things we do need to do to keep our vitality our our um, our vim our libido and um, we need to nurse ourselves and and a little bit of sandwiching things together make a massive difference over the long term and that's why I've always um I'm always trying to as you introduce me you know the best is still yet to come uh, we, we were born into this world pretty good mostly probably and then we started like going hey this is quite good how can I start blotting my coffee book and and then we do decades of that and so, uh, especially it's something I find in females at this age, we are an accumulation of our blotting. And um, and some people, for instance, um, will have a, a, a tough time with rigidity, with a lack of mobility, with a lousy menopause. Um, and it's we can blame it on the hormones, but now that we know that we can fire our own neurotransmitters and hormones and create a better balance with activity thought alone you know just thought alone is an elevator isn't it for um raising the the um or, or releasing neurotransmitters with that dopamine or serotonin you know we can we can create if we have happy thoughts in our head that's boom that's an upgrade and that and there's a whole cascade of triggers that sends off through the body so uh there are two parts of the brain it's called the insula that's another part of it too and that and if we if we can make that grow a little bit we can we can really get one step one foot in front of the other much more easily um and while i speak about upgrades and feeling better about life and you know you need some sunlight you need this and that and the other i'm totally aware that sometimes in life there are incidents or days when it's just so impossible to wind yourself up to even get yourself up into that that um to even care to feel better and uh one of the things that happened to me that is um what we don't expect to happen anymore is uh, that I actually lost a child at birth. So I already had a baby and then my second baby came along and all was well and all was perfectly and he was perfectly healthy and he died at birth. And so that was followed up with um, obviously massive trauma and, and, a, and a big emergency cesarean. And in that process, they left me too long. So the womb was split. So it was massive physiological and emotional damage done at a level where any parent will know you're not meant to lose your children we expect to lose our parents but not our children but talking about the importance of our purpose and how that's such a patch it really you know it's a uh, a quilt of patches isn't it that you stitch back together to get yourself um, back on your feet I did use exercise and and communication with others so within Despite this horror story, within two months, I was back out running courses, boot camps, working with other people, trying to get them fitter, happier, brighter, fewer period pains. You know, all really minor things compared to what I had been through. But nonetheless, um, when you sit on your island of solitude in your depression too long, it's very hard to, sort of, to um, launch a boat to another island. So 
those were those were stepping stones into feeling better and I did that with my purpose of wanting to make other people feel better and moving myself of course and coming back to that I have a um a sister who is as active as me and um, we always have been I think it's been a family discipline to use exercise mountain summits you know like sort of stiff up a lip come on put your itchy britches on and go girls and so we've got a probably a reasonable dose of that in us but um which which is very which made me a softy actually that's why I wanted to do ballet and ballet music and be in the studio and you know float around the room I don't want to go up in the lake district in the wet in itchy britches but I did <laughs> don't do that anymore waterproof but my sister um she is she had just retired at the age of 59 she's a keen cyclist and she got knocked off her bike by a lorry she was driven over fully on her right hand side and she all six wheels she remembers all six wheels going over her and this is only a year year and a half ago now and she there and then lost her leg in the road and did that whole ambulance dying in the ambulance thing and deciding is it worth it is it you know you're coming back or not and was um her son was just about to do his finals at cambridge her daughter was just about to go to university she doesn't have a husband she's been a single mom and here she is now with one leg and we didn't know how much time for rehabilitation but so she was um 10 operations later 11 months in hospital and she Having made that decision to live meant that she she went through, she developed that part of the brain all the more from when we want to give up to the tenacity that she delivered is mind-blowing because she was told she couldn't have a prosthetic limb because it was amputated from the groin area. You know, it's not like there's a nice thigh bone to put a prosthetic limb on. It's right from the groin. Were there prosthetics that did that? And lots of people, even the professionals seem to be giving her the poor story and it wasn't likely. And I have watched her come out of um, of her rehabilitation with her prosthetic limb that goes right the way up to the groin. And she has learnt this is what I was saying about neuromuscular and neurovascular um, movements. We, if we're lazy with our brain and our movement, we lose connections. And one thing's for sure, after you've had an accident or an injury or a shock, you pull your socks up mostly, don't you? It is the moment when you go, do I want this or not? And she has coordinated this prosthetic limb to walk on sand and snow and cobbled streets in Sicily, Roman ruins, Greek ruins too. <laughs> Um, and that that's not that's not how everyone does it. And um, so what I'm saying is that there's so much more. There is there's so much more if we it sounds it's so it's too cliche to say even, but with that determination, with that focus, with that knowing, with that hope, with that single mindedness, you don't you don't have to just win a race or summit a mountain, you know, it it pulls you through from so much, doesn't it? And whatever her purpose was, she must have brought to the table too. Just like when it was my tragedy, I used my purpose of, um, come on, let's all feel a bit better right here and now. <laughs> but there's magic to be found. The best is still yet to come. I'm um, so sorry to hear that, Joey. It's incredible on both counts, honestly. And yeah, um, yeah I didn't know that at all. And uh I hope that gives hope to somebody listening to this. I, I, I think... Yeah, I do. I do hope so because um, 
for instance, my sister is living a very full life. And I mean, it takes time to put her leg on. It takes time to take it off. It, there, are, there are irritations and, and of course, and there are moments of tears and frustration that I probably miss. But her diary is looking pretty good and she's showing up for everything with a full heart. And is she able to sort of, um, it sounds silly to say this, but it's so soon, it, will she be able to put it behind her? Um, it's, I know that, that that's such a big question, isn't it? Um, because when things come earlier on in life, you you've got, you haven't quite got used to life, have you? And when they come just as you've retired and you had hope, to mm. to have this life of travel of peace and I mean her that for her it happened within three months of retiring I I don't know but I think it certainly takes you into places in your head and in the world where you've never been before and expansion can only be a good thing for all of us no matter how we uncover it I, I've started to get to know people who try to help people based on what they've learned through their own trauma. And there's so much value in it because they're speaking from experience rather than yeah. theoretically. And it definitely gives other people hope when they can see somebody come through something and not be glad it's happened, but can talk about the positives that have come out of it as well as they've grown as people and what they've learned about themselves. Yeah. I agree. And we're often on a quest, aren't we? And we can feel impatient about life or it's not fulfilling. And I mean, by my sister's own admittance, she did say, I was just starting to think, uh, maybe I need a challenge in life. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know we did laugh at that one. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there's. I completely agree. Also, the help does need to come from the experienced um, and yes, like a, a sort of therapist that's inexperienced in in some of these traumas, it's I think it's just too hard. So you, it, the real people who've been through it is is um, more warming. I remember a lady came forward to me who'd lost her child too, and that was like an angel sent from heaven for me. An understanding, the understanding of it is massive, and being understood, being heard, is massive in life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, I did have people say all sorts of glib things like um, this used to happen a lot in the old days. And this happens in Africa all the time. And it's like, <laughs> I did even I did even have um, that's the devil's work uh, as if that as if that's satisfying, so, you know, as if that's if that's as if that's heartwarming. Um, and, it, you know, and people talk about statistics, statistics just don't mean a thing when it's you. And and uh, so, you know, we have our. We all have our tools, don't we? And it's just getting into that toolbox. I don't know what to say. That was, um, thanks for being so honest and open. No. I really do think that'll help people. So, yeah. Um, and you're still smiling. <laughs> and let's, um, let's see each other on the cliff again. Yes. And uh, best of luck. If ever I can help with anything, please ask. Thank you. Thank you, Gareth. And um, yeah, you keep me updated with what you're doing. It's all stuff that interests me, even if I'm, so it seemed like I'm juggling balls and, and not applplying it, but um, please do. No, that's great. Thanks, Joey. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.